Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. Okay, so I'm so excited. We have another topical episode for everyone today. We, we get this question a lot. It's a very popular topic, designing kids' spaces, and here to discuss it, share all of her wonderful advice, is Pebbles Nix of Pebbles Nix Interiors. She is an Atlanta-based interior designer. Her business is built on repeat customers, young families that require more space, empty nesters who are downsizing, or vacation homes for special family gatherings. Her projects have been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle, and Charlotte Magazine, to name a few. So we thought you would be a great guest to walk us through the decorating process when you've got kids. I'm sure many of your clients, maybe they have young kids and they're sort of buying their first big house or they're trying to improve upon their house they already have, make it work better for them. So I'm, I know you have a lot of great wisdom to share with us. Welcome to the show. Well, thank y'all for having me. This is so fun. And I love designing kids' spaces of all ages and have some current projects going on right now. And one of them, if I can share with you, is, yes. a, is a Lake Raven project. And although the kids are teenagers and once in college, she's kind of thought about all of the nephews and nieces of different ages being there. And we've used a ton, not just a ton of color, but we've used tons of outdoor fabric mm-hmm. like on the sleeping porch and the bar stools and the counter stools. And outdoor fabric has come such a long way that it's it's almost as much fun, if not more fun, than than in interior indoor fabric because it doesn't, you know, feel it has the same feel now and the same so many different selections and and it's also more durable and resistant when it comes to lots of fingers and toes and spills yeah. and whether it's beer or baby food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, we always talk about kids as though they're the the ones that are really hard on things. But I think We're we adults underestimate they, our own yes. destructibility. <laughs> so some of those spaces are probably just for everyone, not just the kids. Right. For right, sure. Right. So first, I want to kind of talk about a theoretical concept. I feel like a lot of people maybe put off decorating their home at all when they have young kids, thinking, my kids are going to destroy it. What's the point in investing anything in my home when I've got these crazy little maniacs running around with Cheerios and goldfish and applesauce getting everywhere? So so give us the, what, what is your... My whole thing is don't change your house. Because, I, and I'm going to give you an example. I had a really cute friend that had microfiber, durable fabric on her sofas, and she took out the coffee table and all the all the things so her kids would not get hurt on it or jump on it. But all it did is sort of enforce the fact that her kids could jump on the sofas and could mm. use it however they wanted. So I think you you can have your beautiful homes and still prop your feet up on the tables or feel comfortable with having children. Like, I don't think you have to have a round coffee table instead of a square because you're worried about the corners or there's glass in there. I mean, you've, we teach our kids how to eat at a table and at a high chair. It's the same thing with mm-hmm. learning behavior in a den or a playroom or 
dining room or living room. That's true. And because what happens too when they go to that's a right. friend's house? <laughs> it's a little bit like when you don't give kids sugar, baby sugar, and then all of a sudden they have it and they're like, wow. It's sort of the same thing. I mean, if if your if your room is how y'all enjoy it, they'll learn to work around it. But maybe you create a space that's just for them where there's they can color outside the lines or they get mm-hmm. paint on the table, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a dedicated space to play hot lava. That's right. Okay. <laughs> My son loves that. I love hot lava. Love it. <laughs> but you can have, a, you know, whether it's a, a, a card table or that has chairs around it where they can just finger paint or Legos. It doesn't matter what they do. But I feel like if they learn to kind of work around a room, they'll be, they'll respect it more and not tear it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... So I don't ever tell my clients to move furniture. I just say, let's get what you love, and then let's figure out how to make it kid-friendly by incorporating that in the design. You know, whether you put some soft edges on corners or you, you know, use a a suede or an outdoor fabric on the chairs or the pillows or, mm-hmm. you know, you have eggshell finish on the on the walls instead of flat. So there's lots of ways to... To make it kid-friendly without okay. having to take everything out of there. Eggshell versus flat. I like that. Wait, wait. What's the reasoning behind that? It's just wipeable? Uh, first of all, I think eggshells are prettier finish, but it, it's easier to wipe up with a Mr. Clean or mm-hmm. the soft, damp rag. Where it's easy, like the difference is in flat finish, you have to just, you can touch up that area. But it's harder to keep Are you clean. really going to get out your paintbrush? Right. right. That often. But eggshell... Yeah. It's just prettier and it has a great, the light hits it great and it's fun using colors with eggshell finish. But I think it's durable to be able to wipe down if there is a marker or there is Mm -hmm. food or something gets on it. So, yeah, I think I've at this point just accepted that I'll have to repaint my house in five years. But here's another good example using y'all stuff is I have a really cute client who's the one, the Lake Raven client who's, we, I worked on her with her own house here in Atlanta years ago. And the kids were younger, and we got your Felicity table instead of mm-hmm. a glass top. And it had the same look, and it was pretty, and it was okay if it got scratched. Or it's an acrylic clean. table, yeah. yes. And I love, we love acrylic. But it was, it had that same feel. So there, there are ways to work around mm-hmm. using products and making it beautiful without having to take away your pretty. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you feel as though it's important to, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm asking you a leading question because I I already have an opinion, of course. <laughs> but don't you feel like it's important for people to invest in a beautiful home, whatever that budget is, despite having kids? Because like it, if you do put your money in smart places, it will wear better versus just buying like throwaway furniture that then you're going to replace. Well, if you go to I don't want to name any names, but if you just say, I'm going to go get a piece of art here or a piece of furniture here, and, to, and I'll wait for my kids to get grown, you end up really buying it twice. Mm-hmm. So why not invest in a great sofa that has durable fabric? Or it has pretty fabric that you can have backed and treated. You know, this can allow, give it more longevity, mm-hmm. and you're not buying it again in five or ten years. Yeah. So I definitely believe in investing in pieces. Without a doubt. That's also a great way just to teach kids that, like, you can live in a beautiful space and you deserve a beautiful space. Absolutely. Well, and I I feel this way, especially in this time in my life. I think y'all are probably a little less chained to your homes than we are. But, like, you know, with little kids, it is you spend so much time at home, Mm -hmm. you know, like 
my kids are in bed by 7.30. So like we're home and then it's just, I want to have a house that I enjoy spending time in. You know, I don't want to be, if I'm going to be here all the time, especially now that I work from home. So I'm sure many of our listeners too are working remotely. It's like, it's important. This is where all of your days are spent. So it's worth it to really enjoy it and it make you happy and it work. I mean, your home is supposed to be your sacred space. It's a place where you come home, where you come home to and you relax and it's home, not just a house. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to enjoy it. I think that's part of why everyone, the design world is so busy right now because people were so sick of looking at their homes during COVID and realized they wanted not, not necessarily to change it, but just to make it pretty and to be fun, to love it and come back in it and say, oh, mm-hmm. my house or, you know, you want it to be a place you enjoy, whether you're with the kids or not with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I feel like you touched a little bit on performance fabrics, but I feel like we need to kind of deep dive into, into that because there is a lot out there. And then even there are slip covers, there are, um, you know, maybe more wipeable fabrics like a vinyl or a leather. So let's kind of just go through all the different options and things that people should know about when they're out shopping and trying to to make these well nowadays these choices. Um, whether you're using a designer or you're looking for it yourself, they have places offer krypton and fabrics, which really helps. It's a it's a product that gives the fabric longevity and it's more stain resistant, and it just it's great. It's it's for high traffic areas, whether it's a piece of furniture you sit on or at the breakfast room table or even draperies. But Krypton's a great way to start if you don't want to necessarily use outdoor fern- fabric. Because outdoor mm-hmm. fabrics tend to be polyester or acrylic. And, but nowadays, they feel like interior fabrics. Yeah. But yeah. They feel really good. They feel great. And I have a performance fabric of y'all's on these three bar stools for, for another client that has teenage sons. And it has been... A dream. I mean, it's been awesome. And it's not an outdoor fabric. It's performance. It's got, it's, and for performance means either has Krypton in it or it might have acrylic backing built into it. Mm-hmm. So those are the properties you want to see when you're selecting for kids and stuff that could help make the chair or the sofa or the settee last a little bit longer. Yeah. Now, it's my understanding so that Krypton is wipeable and it's, and it's, a fabric that's in a solution that that Krypton makes and applies to the fabric. So it's embedded into the into it's the into fabric. Fibers. That's right. Right. And then another perf- like what you're calling outdoor performance would be like a sombrella or an inside out and those are the the properties are in the fibers of every thread. It's, it's not applied. That's right. Right. The fabric itself is so with those right. with those type of fabrics, you could you could even use bleach to to wipe them down mm-hmm. and clean them up if you really needed to. The tricky part is if you wipe down outdoor fabrics too long, it wears the properties down. Mm-hmm. But you can wipe it down with soap and water or bleach like once a year to help it just mm-hmm. keep its luster to keep its color or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, Krypton is really meant. Like if you spill wine or you spill something, you can get it up. It's like a stain-resistant property. Right. It kind of be- makes the liquids yes. beat up. And so it's easy to wipe. And so when fabrics have acrylic backing or they have knit backing, that's just to kind of give it a little bit more dur- durability as the fabric itself as mm-hmm. far as wear and tear. Yes. Got it. Like so, long longevity. That's right. And there are lines 
like Tebow and other, lots of other lines that have fabrics with acrylic backing already on them. And there's mm -hmm. some that have knit backing. You find a lot of times you'll find vinyls or leathers that already have the knit backing on them. So yeah. I think if you treat the fabric up front, you're better off down the road. Long. Yeah. yeah. Here is, here's something that I run into often. So I did umbrella basically on everything in my sort of living dining room, knowing like I'm going to, I want to be able to get stains out. The problem is that then you have to spend the time cleaning the item, right? Like if it's your dining chair and your kid is three, like mine is, she gets like stains on there every on the day. Daily, Do yeah. you want to be over there with your toothbrush cleaning your dining chairs every day? So it's kind of a reminder, just like, yes, you can get the stain out. Or like I have a I have a girlfriend who has a white sectional and it's in its umbrella. And she's like, yes, I can get the stains out. But then I do have to like go, you know, every couple months over there with, and like really treat it. Whereas I wish I had gotten something that was maybe more like either a pattern or a darker color where the actual like as maybe this sounds kind of gross, like where I don't necessarily have to treat the stain right away. Right. Like it can be dirty. And it's not as noticeable. So I think that's also something that like, yes, you can have that white sofa, but you are going to have to be over there treating it. So I don't know. Well, that kind of brings into using lots of pattern and fun colors, you know, yeah, which, totally. I'm a color which is person. your specialty. Yeah, yeah. I love that's color. Your, and I yeah. learned in design school that people react and have emotional reactions to color. So I tend to put more in, in my interiors, mm -hmm. but colors and fabrics that they love, but you can do pattern, whether it's a performance fabric or not, which will hide dirt and such on yeah. dining chairs. Because you don't want to spend all your time going after them with a wipe or a toothbrush or a sponge or right, right. whatnot. But I think it, you just have to be smart about what you put on. Mm -hmm. And pattern's great. I mean, people sometimes get scared of pattern, but pattern's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit like when you see all these big patterns on wallpaper. You can do the same thing with dining chairs, you know, mm -hmm. and color can hide a lot. Well, I will say, I think the smartest thing that I did was use a faux leather on my dining chairs. That's awesome. So that is wipeable. So every day that I spray them down with my cleaner after mealtime, I'm like, I'm. this is the best investment I ever made. And doing the leather versus the umbrella. Well, and I, so, I use vinyl all the time, like in colors and, and, and faux leather. And I think at first people were kind of like, oh, I don't know what vinyl. But it is so durable and it's mm -hmm. it doesn't scratch as much. It's wipeable. I have it on my breakfast room chairs. I have it on ottoman. I mean, mm. it's awesome. It's a yeah. great product. And it usually comes with some kind of backing. So, but that's a super product because you can do a lot with it because yeah. it comes in so many colors and it's, yeah. it has a lot longer shelf life than I've been able to yeah, get out a lot. I bet all the things yes. Sharpie, you know, it's it's been great. So anyway, I I have faux leather on my dining chairs, but then I have umbrella on like this sort of bench, and so that has been like where I've really felt like okay, I can get everything out of this bench, but it then you have to spend the time to do it. So anyway, it's just a good or. Get get something that's not a pure white, you know, where it might not be as obvious. I was sitting here thinking about all the different places I've used faux leather. I've used it on club chairs. I've used it in so many places. And it it really does mm -hmm. get, I mean, it's, it's worth using it. And it look, you know, people don't, the average person isn't going to know that it's not leather from an eye. I mean, there's a place in 
and time to use it. And it is a great product. Mm-hmm. What about just leather? Just 100% leather? Leather's a great product, too. I mean, the difference between vinyl and leather is you have to buy the leather and hides. Mm-hmm. So if you need a lot of it, I say go for it. But with vinyl, you can buy it by the yard depending on what you need it for. Mm-hmm. Leather's a super durable product, too. Yeah. You do have to treat, kind of treat leather from time to time because it can get really dried out from the sun or it can bleach from the sun. So you have to be mm-hmm. kind of careful about that. But it's a super product. Okay, let's talk about slipcovers. Because I feel like that was sort of your, you know, the go-to, certainly when I was growing up. I know my mom, I've mentioned this on the podcast many times. My mom was the person that had the summer and the winter slipcovers. And she'd switch them out? Well, actually, okay. She had everything upholstered in winter and then would add a slipcover in the summer. So I just thought that was totally normal growing up. <laughs> Everybody did that. You know, I... Honestly, I've done more slip. Co- I did slip covers a lot more like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't done them as much lately because I think sometimes it can be pr- price prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, I think people are taking off their slip covers and reupholstering their furniture now mm-hmm. to use it because they know there's so many durable fabrics out right. there. It's like the technology um, has sort of made slip and covers. And I think slip cover has a little bit of a different look. I mean, you can use, you can dress it up or dress it down. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like people are going more toward upholstery now than yeah. slip covers. Do you think that's just because fabric has gotten so much more technologically advanced? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, slip covers are a cute look. I mean, I still see, you still see it some like in rockers and gliders and nurseries and on like people might put on their dining chairs. I mean, and it is a great way to, if you have the slip covers, to change it up in spring and summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that concept and they do that a lot up in up north too. Mm-hmm. So but I think it's more just because there's so many more fabrics available out there. Right. That can yeah. stand. You know, people aren't worried about getting spots on them because they're, they have all these durable qualities. And so they don't need the slip covers as much unless right. they like that aesthetic. Right. So that makes sense. Let's talk about rugs because I think rugs are trickier than people give them credit for. I don't know. They're expensive and like sometimes hard to clean i don't know what is what is y'all's experience with rugs i use a lot of outdoor indoor outdoor rugs for kids spaces mm-hmm. and they also feel okay they don't feel any different than than um seagrass you know as far as yeah and they come in different colors and they're fun and they have different patterns and the, the hard tough thing is is that the sisal is such a gorgeous look but it's definitely can be hard to treat Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a sisal guard you can put on it, but I think it's hard to treat where seagrass has a little bit of a coating on it. So it's a little bit easier, but natural products, natural grass products are just hard. Mm-hmm. And I typically are going toward natural fibers like wool rugs now and outdoor rugs because wool lasts longer. Mm-hmm. And people are like, it's so expensive and you can't clean. I'm like, you can't. My wool rugs in my house have way outlasted mm-hmm. my sisal and seagrass. I've had great success just with a toothbrush and Dawn soap and water. And I can get just about anything out of my wool rugs. The the other things are where I've had problems, like a hand knot. Hand knots are hard. Grass Grasses are hard. But I think, I mean, I have sold so many. I feel like I've gone so much more toward either sisal and they are willing to, or, or wool. Like mm-hmm. they put wool instead of nylon. Mm-hmm. I mean, nylon has great qualities, too. But for some reason, wool just being a natural fiber, it's stronger and it just lasts longer. Mm-hmm. And it's softer on your feet. Yeah. It's a great place to put them, like, in nurseries, put a wool or in your living room or dining room. I've been really impressed, too, about how soft indoor-outdoor rugs have gotten lately. 
Like I know that we some of the ones that we carry have been, gotten a lot softer. Mm-hmm. Um, so for high traffic areas, they're great. They'd be great, and they have fun colors and patterns. I've seen mm-hmm. y'all's before, and and I but I've used some like at that lake project. I've used some in a nursery. I've used some in a playroom because mm-hmm. you want something that's durable. That's your that high traffic. You're not going to replace. Like yeah, you know, I feel like for for ten years I kept having to replace my seagrass in my in our big den which is like our playroom and finally i was like i'm going to wool anything that's happened all we've been able to get out and so much it was a little more it was more expensive up front but i think it's gonna last so much longer Mm -hmm. yeah and i think there's a there's a place for for seagrass they're awesome and you can layer rugs over seagrass and sisals with outdoor rugs or more durable rugs but wool is just a dynamite product i think for rugs well, but you also have too the the pattern and color question That's that we're right. kind of coming back to, you know, with fabric like a seagrass or sisal. It's it's uniform and and it's light, and so you're going to see a stain. Whereas like a patterned wool rug, I mean, you have a little bit more um, flexibility. Yeah, That's right. You're not a little more camouflage. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, and a little more vacuuming. Let's just let's well, just bring true. that up there too because they well, cause they shed. Yeah, they do. They shed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you. I would way rather get out oh, yeah. my cordless vacuum and just, which, and, by yeah. the way, if you don't have a cordless vacuum and you have children, like, you must. But the cordless vacuum, you don't have a cordless vacuum. I don't. I don't, <gasps> I don't it's either. It's changing Oh, my gosh. You totally should. And anyway, this is I, not the Roomba. This is. No, no. It's like. It's a regular it's like vacuum. A, this cordless. well, I have like the Dyson. It's like the stick. Yeah, it's, it's like a stick too. But maybe it is cordless. I my husband does the vacuuming. We split up things. So he does. <laughs> He's the, so yeah. Do, yeah, that's good. Well, but like you don't have to go in and like plug, and plug it, it in it every in. room. That's it, right. You just it has a docking station, and then you can just. It's just to me. It's I can go run grab it and vacuum something versus like wheeling it out. Pl- find the plug. Then I have to unplug it in every room. I don't know. Only goes so far. Maybe it's house, like a yeah. mental block for me, but the the cordlessness makes it much more easy. So it's. I feel like okay. I can, if it's if it's a question of shedding fibers and just vacuuming the rug, I'm more comfortable doing that on a regular basis, like every three days, versus you know sisal or something where you're on your hands and knees like scrubbing. Well, it goes back to what you said about spending money on you know on investing in great pieces, investing in great rugs will take the endure the test of time as well. It's mm-hmm. the same principle and also if you get it like a, a wool area rug sometimes i paint the floors like mm. you know a fun color or i might like at the lake at lake house we're doing we're painting the two grays used on the exterior for the shutters and it's a sleeping portion we're going to do diagonal stripes on it and put like a funky outdoor that's rug fun. on it just to oh that's awesome you know there are ways to make things so much fun mm-hmm. and make it go a long way same yeah. with painting the walls like you can do stripes or you can do a border with paint or, I mean, there's so many fun things. What about wallpaper? How, what is like. Wallpaper is hot and it's in. But what is the the durability factor? Um, is it wipeable? Well, there's, there are gorgeous vinyls out there that you would never know that are vinyls that you can wipe down. Okay. Just for exa- example, I have a Philip Jeffries, which is higher end wallpaper in my bookshelves and it's vinyl and you would never know. It looks just like a grass cloth. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. I think it, wallpaper is the quickest, besides paint, is so fun. And you can do it in so many different places, whether it's on the ceiling or behind shelves. But you just want to be mindful of if you're going to not do a vinyl in a children's space, maybe you do a color. 
mm-hmm. you know, something that has a lot of color in it so it can mask any hand prints yeah, yeah. or a crayon or, you know. <laughs> but wallpapers all, I love wallpaper. And there's, it's, it's like fabric. There's tons of great durable wallpapers out there that you can use that are just as pretty as paper wallpaper. Mm-hmm. What does the vinyl wallpaper feel like? Because I know um, what vinyl furniture feels like, but uh, what- there are a couple of them. Some of them feel like they they're um, smoother than grass cloth. Okay, they they don't feel like plastic. That's not the right word, but they feel they feel a teeny bit like vinyl. Okay, I mean like like vinyl fabric. But when they go on the wall, you would never know that they're vinyl. I mean, I think that vinyl wallpaper gets a bad rap because so many commercial spaces use it and corporate and hospitality. But there's so many, all the all the residential lines carry vinyl wallpaper now. Mm-hmm. And some of it feels like grass cloth and some of it feels a little bit like it has a coating on it. Okay. But it is so cute on the walls and you would never know. Well, and also how often are you really touching your walls? That's true. It's not like as much of a, um, you know, tactile Right, you're not surface. You're not, yeah, and a yeah. lot of the lines offer like they'll have the wallpaper in a paper and in a vinyl, mm. you know, and you can okay. see that it really doesn't look that different, you know, especially if you're doing like a playroom or a kids powder room or a nursery or under a chair rail or or a ceiling, you know. Yeah, there's t- that's a the wallpaper is such a fun way to change a space up. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've kind of talked about, you kind of talked this about this a little bit earlier when you're talking about like teaching your kid to, your children to respect their space and not changing too much. I wanted to, I wonder if we should talk a little bit about like just sort of setting up storage and organization, setting up like systems within your house or maybe house rules or something or like things that you have in your own experience, you have a 10 year old and then Liz has a 14 year old things y'all have done that kind of make life with kids around a little bit easier in terms of maintaining your house? I don't know. Maybe this is a hard question. No, you know, I I grew up in a house where we didn't have toys in our bedroom. So my son Guy has, he brings them up there, but his, you know, bedrooms are really for sleeping or homework or, be, or, or more quiet activities, I feel like, unless mm-hmm. that's where they play. I try to separate the play from the sleep. And so he has just a, our den um, is also a playroom. And so he's got set shelves and stuff in there. We're actually adding on to our house right now a playroom above the garage so he can have a playroom and not, not be our den. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we for built-ins for shelves and Nerf guns and all kinds of stuff. But I think it's I think if you have toys in every room, it's confusing for a child anyway. I think there needs to be a set place for them, mm-hmm. whether it's okay. their bedroom or part of the den or a playroom. Um, we have lo- I've used lots of IKEA shelves over the past just to have. My my mom's designer was so cute growing up. Ed Springs, he always said, like objects look better together. And so if all of the Lego things he's built are all together, it looks way more fun than if you have a Lego over here or you have one in this room or like put it all together mm-hmm. and they enjoy it and see it. Okay. Um, when do kids age out of toys? <laughs> That's a hard one. I don't know. They age out of certain toys because new or mature things come in. Right. Like we've moved on to more electronics. Mm-hmm. So at 14, like right. so much more electronics and then, you know, iPads for school and yeah, schoolwork and stuff. So I guess we're transitioning out of 
toys, <laughs> but they're still around for sentimental reasons because. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a, you don't need to, like a a toy cabinet. No, we don't need a toy cabinet. Yeah, it's a little bit like when you get rid of the diaper bag. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember, guy not paying attention to Thomas the Train anymore. Or the dinosaurs that he was so into. And now suddenly it's Pokemon and Beyblade and Nerf guns. Go, go, <laughs> yeah, more grown up things. And he's a, a sports guy, so he's all about sports. So the balls will always be in our house because <laughs> he needs one in his hand at all times. But I think he just, my mom always said, I would say, do you miss, she would, I would say, mom, do you miss the, are us being babies. And she's like, I do, but God gives you this amazing ability to love the stage that they're in instead of missing the one they were in before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it is with toys. Because now he's so interested in this that I've forgotten that it's sad that he doesn't, you know, play with his Thomas a train or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. stuff like There's that. There's new excitement and, all right. the time. Yeah. And you're learning about it. But you know, and you know, there are always ones you're going to say for sentimental reasons, but <laughs> I think each year it kind of changes. Don't I mean? Yeah, every every year is totally different and fun. Yeah, you know, but this does make me realize, like, for sentimentality, like there's there's still stuffed animals, a mm-hmm. whole lot of stuffed animals. We I found this thing on Amazon that's a beanbag cover that's made for stuffed animals. So it's like the just the shell. A, like a fabric shell of for a bean bag, but instead of filling it with beans, you fill it with stuffed animals. Oh, that's neat! And so it's a piece of furniture now that has all the stuff, the sentimental stuffed okay. animals in it, and that you can just plop down on. Yeah, I mean the stuffed animals. I almost cringe when people give us stuffed animals because I'm like, there's a lot. Yeah, I never was into them, but he had a hard time throwing some of them away. So I think. Mm-hmm. It's like they're attached emotionally to them, whether mm-hmm. they play with them or not. Isn't that so weird? No, we all need something <laughs> to hug, Caroline. <laughs> Hugs are important. Even if it just means I mean, like, you know, I, I guess growing up, I always had like a couple that I really yeah. liked, but then I don't know. But I mean, it could also be about, about reminding them of a time or a place or, you know. True. They went to Blair has you know, like, you yeah. know, five that she really likes. And then some are just sort of like hand me down from a cousin that like was trying to get rid of purge their stuffed animal supply and then it came to our house or, or you know. Like, we were um at White Whitehall Tavern the other day with um another family and they were playing guy and his friend were playing those the machines that you try to grab animals mm-hmm. or toys and he came out with two toys that were so ugly. <laughs> and I was like, they look, you know, like um, stuffed animals at carnivals. They look like stuffed animals at carnivals. They're not <laughs> yeah. like the gun they're, bears they're or anything. Right. Yeah. They're and not I was like, like how long do I have to look at these? Like, right. But there is like, he has this really beautiful blue teddy bear that my mom got him at B. Braithwaite when mm-hmm. he was born that he still, he doesn't play with, but he likes it in his rocker. Just kind of a reminder that since my mom isn't living anymore, that his grandmother gave it to him. And mm-hmm. if I even try to put it up, he's like, absolutely not. You know, so that's sweet. Yeah, that's I think sweet. starts early. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But I think when you're when as far as talking about systems, I think just putting all the all the games together and all the with you is different because you've got girl, girls. Do you have a girl and a boy? Two girls. Two girls. Oh, fine. So your toys are different, but put them all together. Where I mean, they can we have see a lot them. of. We got a big dress up bin. 
That's awesome. <laughs> she also has started getting Barbie stuff, which is, you know. Lots of little things little, to, to corral. Yeah. 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 The Barbie clothes and. Yeah. Like the little, you know, like campfire Barbie. And yeah. That's <laughs> like No, it is. It's just, it's more, my, my, the thing I struggle with is like the tiny little pieces that end up like all over the house where there's, you no, know, that's there's maddening. just this. And I know that that probably never ends, but it just, there's like one piece to the toy over in the bathroom and then one like under the ottoman in the TV room. And then, you know, it's just, it's just all like, the Barbie <gasps> stuff in one place. Does it start off in one place? It starts off in one place, but then it, you know, gets carried over here and then it gets carried over there. And it's just, you could spend 30 minutes every single day trying to return things to where they go. You know, I was at the grocery store the other day and I was getting out my wallet. <laughs> like there were dark bullets in there from the dark gun. I was like, they're just everywhere. But that's, you know, yeah. those are the kind of things you're going to miss one day. Right. You know, right. it's like yeah. carpool. I'm, you're going to miss it. So it's almost like you kind of endure this, the toys and the sentimentality because mm-hmm. one of these days, it's going to be different. Yeah. 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 True. And you know what? There's an episode of the new season of the home edit that you need to watch. If you really not to want to go like hyper organized on your Barbie stuff, because they took it. Well, there. here is the other thing that I find challenging and, and I'm not really sure there's an, there's a solution, you know, kind of like the go-to is bins, right? Bins for all the toys and you have a bin that's labeled and like, that's where the thing goes. The problem is that then your kids also have to use the bins or else you are the one that is then sorting all the bins to where it's gotten to the point where I'm like, screw it. I just throw it in the cabinet. If it gets lost, it gets lost. Because at this point, it's just, I, you have to commit to like keeping them organized. And that is a whole thing. And so from a kid's perspective, like that could be fun too. Like, like I remember we had this ridiculous plastic barrel it looked like a wooden barrel but it was made out of plastic and my parents would just throw every little nook and cranny barbie shoe lego like happy meal toy you know it was all in there and like every now and again i would just dump it out and <laughs> it's it like was a so choose your own adventure yeah. you're like what's am i gonna have fun um, in here i don't know yeah you know and then you put it all you throw it all back yeah so i mean there's there's kind of a joy of surprise in being a little bit disorganized organized chaos right but also it's it gives them a chance to learn how to put it up yes you know which is the hardest part i mean my son's 10 and you know there's just a trail wherever he goes but you know i think it also gives them some incentive to be hey let me see how fast you can put this up or you know well i think the problem is i need to maybe do like a visual labeling system because she can't read so i can't be like uh duh the food goes in the food bin because she's like i don't know how to spell that (laughs) still just working on an abc kind of situation right (laughs) so anyway i think that just is something where it's like a bin seems like a great idea and in the home edit they're beautifully they're, organized they're with beautiful. labels and they're color coded but then and like rainbow color coded who's the one that's responsible for keeping the bin yeah. organized it's well, mom and it's and like it's also curated you know what i mean so it looks great right but if you 
showed up at my house unexpected, you will see Nerf gun darts <laughs> everywhere. And, you know, you'll see soccer cleats thrown everywhere. I mean, that's just life. Yeah. Right. right. I have been surprised at how well the let's see how quickly you can do this still works. It does. still <laughs> works. And and I always do a countdown rather than a count up. Oh, that's cool. OK. Yeah. It's, it's like it's infinite. Right. <laughs> like I could keep on counting. But if you if, if, but if you're if like you start 20, 20, you count down. Yeah. Right. and you count down. Oh, my gosh. OK. And and plus, it's just frantic funniness. Yeah. I mean, I'm in I'm a parent for the comedy. <laughs> like I'm in it for the comedy. Yeah, I need to. Do, we we do we do race a lot. It's like mom versus versus child. But <laughs> maybe the countdown is sort of that's like same but different. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk more about like this this Raven project that you're working on and how you're thinking about the space for all of these different ages and what are some of the things that you're considering for younger audience versus an older audience teenager young adult well it's the family um it's it's kind of neat i grew up with the husband so we knew each other from way back when and he's one of five he's got three other brothers and a sister so there's lots of nieces and nephews and of all ages and i I don't know how young the youngest one is i would say probably 10 or 12 but i I sort of feel like it's like you're a child's bedroom you want to it's something they can grow into where it doesn't have to be um it's more like fun patterns and tons of color versus what's on the like instead of doing like a specific print it's fun patterns that you can for instance on the sleeping porch and i wish i had pictures of this there's there's four there's two sets of bunk beds and each one has a a different like on the one side it has um it's all tebow fabric it's you know the navy fun pattern with the green colorway is the cording and then the one underneath it is the green you know mattress with the blue and the other side is the pink and orange and it's the same or pink and turquoise but it's just i i use things that would not date whether the child is mm-hmm. five ten or fifteen mm-hmm. and so i sort of did it by using tons of color instead of very specific patterns if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. and we did a lot of color on the walls uh, the the wall. I'll take that back. The co- walls are all neutral, but like in the th- bonus room, like the trim is one color and the walls are a different color. But she loves color, and the, all their boathouse furniture and all their upper screen porches all bit repurposed furniture that they had growing up, and it's painted either turquoise or it's painted pink, because just because color's fun and it mm-hmm. it's, color's also ageless to me. Like I think even though people use baby blue and boy nurseries you can use it at 30 or you can use it at 15 Mm -hmm. and I think color makes everything so happy so we kind of focus on being tons of color and fun versus very specific things so that way it doesn't age out the kids if that makes sense yeah yeah Um, how often do you bring if you're doing a, a space for a kid how often are you bringing the kid into the conversation and how much say do they get into it Usually, I feel like the kids get more input on their bedrooms, you know, or just sitting down and talking with a child and finding out what he or she likes and what colors they gravitate to. So I think that I think that's really fun to bring them in for that, for for their own personal space. And sometimes we'll have we have pulled stuff for a playroom and you can say, hey, what do you you think about this? 
But it's mm-hmm. usually for their personal spaces, so it kind of becomes their own space. Like if a daughter really loves, instead of pink and purple, she loves yellow and green. Mm-hmm. You want to make it so it really kind of shines their own personality. But I bring them, I bring them in more for their bedrooms, I think. What about, like, do you do that at every age? Do you? Because I, I think, like... The thing that seems hard is your kids are going to change their mind, right? Like, I mean, of course, I have a three-year-old, so it's maybe a little bit more exaggerated than 10 or 14. But like today, she hates blue. Tomorrow, she says her favorite color is blue. Or like, I, you know, so it's hard to know. It's hard to feel like, okay, I'm going to incur- I'm going to bring them into the conversation. But how can I make sure that this is something that's really going to stick versus... And it's more like making sure that the bedroom kind of fits their overall personality. But usually the parents lead on that. They'll mm-hmm. they'll get them involved instead of it coming first for me. Right, 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 pa- right. Some parents want their children involved and some people are like, she loves pink and purple. We're doing it around this. So it just sort of depends on the parent. too. You have to kind of take their lead because you don't want to overstep your bounds and say, hey, let's bring Adelaide in. And the mom's like, you know, mm-hmm. I remember my mom, when I went off to camp, they did a big renovation when I was in ninth grade. And when I went off to camp and came back, my mom had redone my room. And she didn't ask me what I wanted, but she knew that I loved pink and, you know, feminine florals. And I loved a dressing table. And so she did it. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I mean, if she asked me, I might have done it a little bit different. But yeah, I think she had my best interest at heart. And so, mm-hmm. okay. I think if you bring them into, I, I think it's fun to hear what they like and what they say, and then you kind of have to roll off that, right? Because you don't want it. They are going to change their mind a million times between the age of three and thirteen. I yeah, mean, right. Okay, so have you done any big reveals like that for either your son or for clients? Like where the kids go away for summer camp, and you just totally redo a space for them? I did it more for my son when we uh-huh. renovated our house. I knew he. Loved green, so I did like his walls and trim and everything green. And then I picked a fabric that was super fun, but he could grow into it. Look great at fifteen, like mm-hmm. it was a plaid, but it was a fun plaid. It wasn't. And so I, I've done reveals on on living rooms and sunrooms and stuff. I don't know if I've done like a super big reveal, but I know the Lake Raven, like they did. The children had not seen it until we installed it, so which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was really fun. And so we tried to make it. Something they would love. But, you know, my mom, we had a beach house growing up. I always slept in the yellow room and my sister slept in the green room and my brother slept in the blue room. So it was kind of, that's bringing color in a way, in another way. So the guest, like the guest bedroom at this house is peach and there's bunk beds that are green in one. There's bunk beds that are yellow in one. So it will kind of be fun for them to see which one they like. I do love that about, especially in a vacation home where each home, each room sort of has its like little theme and yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, when your, your guest shows up, you're like, Oh, well I'm putting you in the, the yellow room. And it makes it easier for a second home to do that because that's true. Yeah. That way they know where they're going. They're not trying to find. And you can have the towel, you know, the towels, this, these towels go in this room and this, you know, the yellow sheets are the queen size, <laughs> right. and they go in the queen it does size. Make yeah. It's a system, too. Yeah, there's tr- true, true. Yeah. It's a system. Do y'all have any house rules that you use in your house that you feel like make things better? I I just am very personally insistent that food be eaten at the table, and I always get onto my husband because 
I'm like, this is not just a rule for Blair. Like, we can't tell her this is a rule and then us, do us not do it. So you also have to eat at the table. But I do feel like that helps tremendously in terms of like crumbs and just stuff, you know, I, I don't have the same rule for drinks. Obviously you can have a drink, but, but I feel like, I don't know, but maybe I'm a Nazi about it. Oh, I think food needs to be eaten at a table. I do think it just, it helps you. Yeah. Stay and clean. I, and I also think, you know, when you, I've gone into friends' houses and their kids have drawn the walls and this wallpaper and I'm like, you know, if the kids have a place where they can do that, you know, mm-hmm. a card table or game table or something, and say this is where we do coloring or activity stuff, then they won't. They'll be less tempted to do those kind of things. Right. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, my kid drew on the wall once when they were two, and I had them cleaning up, clean it up themselves. Absolutely. Never did it again. That's so smart. I need to, yeah. Never did it again. Blair's done it a couple times, and I need to have her clean it too. <laughs> <laughs> but as for house rules now, no, like all bets are off at my house. <laughs> it's chaos. Well, 14 is a little different. Yes. You know. Yes. It's, well, you don't want to become their the person that picks up after them all day long. Right. And like in a perfect world, guy should put his clothes in dirty clothes and make his bed every day. Because we give him instead of we have an allowance. And he gets his allowance if he does, feeds the dogs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But... And so he doesn't get as much if he doesn't make his bed because it's teaching them to be responsible and to take ownership of, of their own things that they love. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, the, the golden rule, you treat others like you want to be treated. We treat your other people's stuff like you want them to treat yourself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Know. Good one to use. But cleaning up that, that'll cure anything. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. The You're responsible for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm blanking, but it was one designer on the show talking about how her house rule was like her kids had to take their shoes off when they came in the door. Non-negotiable. When you come in the door, your shoes go off, they go in the spin. And that's something I've been trying to do. Um, But she was just kind of saying like, you know, when your kid gets to the age where they're like going on the playground, like there's going to be sand all in their shoe. And then, you know, so if you have that rule from an early on, then you're not trapped. It helps. Yeah. Keep some of that dirt and stuff out of the house yeah i don't know keep the mud at the door yeah but that's so that's something i've tried but i mean that's a great role because guys cleats he plays soccer year-round and always have mud and grass in them and just from playing they're and so they go outside the minute he gets inside and it's the same thing just don't track in the dirt mm -hmm. yeah it seems like I'm maybe even just having like a, a shoe boot tray or something at the back door. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just it never come inside at all. Yeah. Smart. Any other kind of anything we haven't touched on? You know, I, I was sitting here thinking because we're building, as mentioned, we're doing a playroom for Guy and people are like, is it? What's it going to be like? I'm like, you know, kids grow up so fast mm-hmm. that having the posters on the wall, let them, you know, yeah. let them do. That's part of their individuality. And like this guy wanted, I asked him about the playroom. I, I said, what do you think? And he, the one thing he said is I just want it to be fun. And so he is getting Star Wars wallpaper in the in the bathroom <laughs> without okay, it being awesome. totally cheesy, but doing it fun. Like everything's yeah. navy, orange, and gray. I mean, you know, and his... He has a um, 
a coach that he loves at a school that also does murals. Like he's an artist on the side, so he's gonna oh, we're gonna have cool. him paint a fun like sportsy mural at the wall. But I just think you're at, a, at an age at kids are you only have this amount of time to be a child, mm-hmm. and so let them let them do what they want. I think mm-hmm. to the roots as far as. Um, showing individuality, like guy has soccer posters on his wall and soccer pictures and Spider-Man sheets. He has Star Wars sheets. <laughs> you know, I'm just he has Star Wars the um, electrical outlets, the plates, all are from Star Wars. And it sounds so cheesy, but I'm like, let him enjoy it because one of these days he's going to grow up and he's not going to want that, and I'm going to want to put pretty nice things in there. And, <laughs> no, that's you know. totally true. Yeah, you know that that I age of like twenty year olds who have Star Wars sheets. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're right. But like the the preteen tween age is like all about figuring out like their own individuality that's, right. that's separate from from their parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let them take it out on a switch plate versus like Absolutely. a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. Because a tantrum with a tween is I'm scared. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, I remember growing up after that renovation, we had, I had a small little walk-in closet and it was, I had vaulted ceiling and I put People magazine covers all over it and like cartoons I loved and mom just like, do it, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we went to go take it down, as I, when I was older, I almost didn't want to because I was like, it just, it's like my childhood flooded. encapsulated. Yeah. 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 So I think part of doing kids' faces is let them do some stuff that they want to. Mm-hmm. I don't mean have them decorated, but if they want... Nerf guns on the wall, or they want bean bags in there, or their stuffed yeah. animals. Well, it seems like maybe you kind of like set up the space as best you can, and then from there, like they can add things. You know, like your bulletin board or your trophies or your. That's right. You know, it's like okay, we're gonna put some shelves in here. You can have agency over the shelves, but yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Or some frames know. that you can like swap their artwork in and out of so that if, you know, if their color, favorite color is blue this week, they can do something wild and blue and then they can change and it. Kid artwork up. is mm-hmm. the best artwork, I think. I have oh, it, it in my foyer right beside my son's charcoal portrait. I'm not, I love using his artwork in places. I have it in the kitchen. I mean, and it's, it's, it makes them feel like it's fun for them to see their stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But it's also fun to use too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like I love a bulletin board in the kitchen, you know, where you can have their cute things they bring home from school, or you can have their invitations, or you know, be all inclusive. Right, right. I think that's really, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, um, I mentioned had a designer growing up, and she, he was fabulous, and he redid our den one year, and my mom had had this spot beside her partner desk in our den the Holly's post-it notes on it and I think it drove him crazy and finally she said but that's my space that's on my calendar and my post-it notes and so he called it Pokey's Brick-a-Brack because <laughs> he knew it was gonna be part of the design because that's real life I mean she's like mm-hmm. that's my stuff yeah. you know and if it takes away from the gorgeous room that's okay yeah because I need a place to organize my children you know mm-hmm. right you have to be practical yes yeah absolutely <laughs> Okay, I love that, and I'm calling it bric-a-brac at my own house now. Yeah, I mean, I can still hear him saying that, bric-a-brac. That's just a fantastic word. I do love Mm -hmm. bric-a-brac. It's fun to say. Is it time for a decorating dilemma? Yeah, that sounds great.
Okay, so we have a question from Brenna. So I'm going to read it and here it goes. Hi, ladies. I love the podcast. Look forward to every new episode and guest each week. I finally have a decorating dilemma I could use help with. My husband and I just moved into a rented townhouse and the guest bathroom is the final room I'm not satisfied with from a decor perspective. The space is small and feels incredibly bland. While it is the guest bathroom, it's right next to my office, so I use it frequently during the day and want to feel wowed when I open the door. As you'll see in photos, I added some art and hand towels that I had from our previous house, but it's not right for the space. This is a rental that we'll only be in for three years, so I can't do anything permanent like painting or replacing the countertops. Here are my questions. What renter-friendly design options do you recommend? If I did wallpaper, do I need to use it on every wall? What do you suggest for walls, counters, and other decor pieces to make the space more inspiring? Thanks in advance for your help, Brenna. So is she allowed to use paint? Um, I don't know. That's not clear. She kind of goes with wallpaper, and I'm assuming she kind of means like, you know, that the peel and stick. Peel and right. stick, yeah. Wallpaper would be so fun in there. I was going to say it'd be so fun to paint that vanity, but she can't. But if she did, even if just if she highlighted a wall, or I would do all the all walls with the wallpaper and make it fun because mm-hmm. I think it would show her artwork, get, you know, fun, colorful towels. If she's allowed to paint, it'd be fun to paint the door and the trim a color with the mm-hmm. peel and stick wallpaper. Small powder rooms and bathrooms are where you can really actually go bold. Yeah. And that's where you could do a fun color or fun wallpaper everywhere. But I would paint the ceiling too. I'm a big opponent on painted ceilings because when you walk into a room, you don't want your eye to go right up. So to that white. So it keeps your eye level when the ceiling's painted, mm-hmm. whether it's the wall color or half a shade of the walls. The other great thing about wallpaper in here is she doesn't have to buy very much. No. Because not it's a, right. you know, it's a small space. So it's not like you're gonna be And she could yeah. She could paint she could do wallpaper on the walls and then paint the trim and ceiling something fun because that wouldn't be a huge expense if she needed to paint it back white or mm-hmm. neutral. Right. Yeah. The other thing I was just gonna say is maybe just do like one big piece of art. Instead of lots of little ones. Yeah. yeah you know, like maybe even, I don't know, if you can move that towel bar. Oh, even. the towel bar could be on the other side of the sink, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Or above the, well, the toilet has mirrors, so you can't. But there's or the wall behind the door or the wall to the right of the sink and then do. One huge. And have color. Like, yeah. Yeah. It'd make more, you're right, it'd make much more of a statement. You know, I noticed her artwork too. It's it's all very beachy and kind of tropical inspired. Mm-hmm. Like it would be kind of really amazing if she did a big mural wallpaper that had, or something that had. Those leafy or beachy. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, that's that, true. That seems to be where she's leaning aesthetically anyway. Yeah. And then I would just like really accessorize that countertop like i would get a great tray and then like a pretty hand dispenser put a pretty pretty hand towels like just really make it feel glam you don't need a lot of things you know you don't get a clutter a little basket of something behind the toilet yeah absolutely but since she has these individual pieces you know you don't if the towel bar wasn't there she wouldn't have to hang them around the towel bar she could do them well she says she she knows they don't work there it's just there for now okay Right. But she says. And it, it, even if she kept them, like just doing a wallpaper that had some fun color, the black frames and the artwork would show up so much if she didn't get something else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's so many great peel and stick wallpapers out there. They're and everywhere. We, we were renting a townhouse and we had a similar situation where we had a guest bathroom right when you walked in the door. 
and I I did a peel and stick wallpaper. It looked so good that my landlords let me just leave it there. And boy, I was happy I didn't have to <laughs> take it down to do it. So, you know, yeah, and most likely because she'll update it immediately by doing doing that. Whether it's color wallpaper, she probably won't have to replace it, right? You know, mm-hmm. but it would be fun to have a fun wallpaper and then I'd paint the trim and ceiling because there's just not very much of it or the, yeah, the back right. of the door. Yeah. You know? Okay. So there's a shower in this room. It's not just a half bath. Yes. There's a shower. Are there any considerations with the wallpaper? Like if will humidity mm. make wallpaper not stick to the wall? Is If this is like the master or primary bathroom, uh-huh. then maybe you do something fun with paint. But if it's a bathroom that's like a guest bath, I think it'd be fine to do the wallpaper. Okay. That's not used all the time. Right. You know, she could paint stripes or paint a pattern or something to get that same effect. Mm-hmm. And do the eggshell since it's a since it's a shower in there, and that'll help with the moisture. But that's a great option for sure. If this is the primary, yeah, yeah, so many possibilities, and especially having that mirror on that wall, it will reflect whatever she does. Yeah, in that mm-hmm. big mirror that's mm-hmm. that's at the sink. Okay, Brenna, we're super make excited. Make some moves, and then let us know what what Go happens. Bold. Yes, Go for it. Yeah, and since it is a rental space, like. You're not going to be there for very long, so you can take a risk and do something and do oh, something yeah. jazzy because you know you're not going to have it forever. Yeah. All right, Pebbles. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having joining me. I've us. So enjoyed this. Good. Thank you. We uh, we have too. I know I have. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all of that good stuff. Well, thank you so much. I do have a website, PebblesNixInteriors.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at PebblesNixInteriors, and that's the really the the this, most, yeah, those are the places. places. Yes. All right. Well, this has been so fun. I can't thank really you. Great. Yes. Yeah. We, we, it was fun to talk about kids' spaces because I know that everyone who has children struggles with it. It's, it's, it's hard. But don't be afraid of them because they could be just as fun as, as everything else in the house. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.